You're listening to 1590 Afterwards. Welcome to our morning conversation. How's it going, Spence? How was the show today? Doing great. The show was a lot of fun. I did kind of a wrap-up on the fair and a few things that are going on out there. So I know you were only at the fair for the Friday morning when we did the livestock, but it's the greatest day of the fair. Yeah, it's such a good time and seeing all those kids who have already at this really young age, they have these great work ethics, they already have these responsibility, the way they think, They're, they, they think like a responsible person. Like we're dads and we know that you have to, you can't just let the kid take care of themselves. There's certain things you have to do. You have to make sure that they stay on a schedule and, and they, they're doing that with these animals. And I just think it's amazing how they learn this responsibility at such a young age. And one of the things that's very funny about the whole deal, since I interviewed quite a few kids i only interviewed one boy one young man wow all of them were girls and one of them i said what else do you do i play flag football really you know all of the varied uh, interests that they have all of them seem to want to go towards uh, some sort of career with veterinarian and things like that one wanted to uh, it was actually the one guy he wanted to do uh, like uh, race horses and show horses he was going to be an equine dude oh, nice. i understand there's a lot of money in that but they were all very motivated and really into it they were fun too they we're laughing and goofing you know they some kids you get it's like deer in the headlights these kids can just roll so uh, future citizens strong strong group of kids now i give the fair a very high grade the kids had fun and we had a good time walking around we got to go twice but i will say if there's a way for them to make it a little cheaper right because the fair is for the people. You know, the X Games are the X Games. Even the Strawberry Festival, to a degree, is more of like an event that is a commercial event. A lot of the things that happen. But the fair is absolutely of the people. Yeah, it's of the people. And it, it seems like they've got to get creative and find if, – if the costs are going up to where they have to raise the prices, then they've got to find ways to make that money some other other way. Because, you know, you, you want the fair to be – available for everybody not just your <laughs> one percenters <laughs> logo everything i say just logo yeah. everything get sponsorships and do as much as you possibly can again loved the fair but for the impact for a family that might have a couple of three kids and if you really want to go on some rides i don't think four rides for a kid is unreasonable mm -mm. and that's like 32 bucks each kid if you're doing four rides for a kid who's like eighth ninth tenth grade in that area, then to grab a bite to eat and just do the fair as you want to do. Find that weird food that's going to be at the fair every year. That's the only thing. I understand inflation. I get it's not 1969 anymore. But it's like Neil Young has a great song about going to the fair, and it's uh, called Sugar Mountain. And he says, you can't be 20 on Sugar Mountain. The idea being once you turn 20 and you go, it's not the same. Right. It's not the same. You can be 20 on Sugar Mountain, but you need 200 bucks. So how That's old, the difference. How old were you when you made that turn where you were more about the exhibits where you're like, because that to me, I get more excited about that and be able to spend time. I'm like, oh, this is a cool, like a museum. Like what age were you, do you think you were when that happened for you? Really in my radio days, because I got to do the fair fairly early uh, through Q105 and the stations in the past. And at first I thought, what a bunch of cornballs. Wow, that photograph's pretty cool, actually. Yeah. And you find yourself spending 45 minutes looking at photography, then looking at the collections. I talked about the stamp guys who were so nice. They're something like philatelists. Philatelists. Yeah, yeah. It's a word I can't pronounce and shall not. But we went up to their 
booth. And when they first called me over, I thought, oh, boy, here we go. It was great. And they were very conversational, very fun. One of the guys was a marathon runner, and I found a Boston Marathon stamp. Oh. And the conversations we had, that was another easily 30 to 45 minutes. And it's great. So I am definitely on that turn. Cole likes both, but they definitely, absolutely want to do some rides. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, at that age, you should. I mean, you want to go get that mm. adrenaline rush and get that energy going through you. I don't blame them. So they did very well on the shuttles, cutting down the price of getting in there. And they do have some special days. So uh, that's good. I just wish that it was some way to make a hot dog six bucks instead of nine bucks. Yeah. Because you know, times four, that gets expensive. Not really a criticism. It's more of a state of the planet as we go. That's right. What else do we have here? Barbie and Oppenheimer. The Barbie thing's insane, and that's great, and it's made like $1.1 I think that was predictable and could have been anticipated. Yeah, I think so, too. kids and everything. But this Oppenheimer movie, hey, we're going to do a three-hour flick on the guy who made the bomb. How do you think that'll do? <laughs> you know, this movie has made like $650 million. And what was the budget for it? Because I bet it wasn't that much. No, it wasn't. It is killed on dollar to dollar. It's gone incredibly well. Now, your kids are very motivated towards actual stuff. Like Tommy's right. very much into uh, the ships mm -hmm. and all of that. Would they be interested in this movie? What do you think? It's three hours. Um, I don't think so. Could be a Netflix -y yeah. thing, too. Say, let's take it in for an hour. Let's take it in. You'd have to chop it up a little bit. Yeah, it took a while. And he was, if you remember, he was really into the Titanic for a little mm -hmm. while, where it, that was all he wanted to, to learn about. And um, and it took a while just to get him to watch the movie. And he's not wanting to watch it again or anything like that. So, But he just saw it, enjoyed yeah, it, he enjoyed done it. with it. Yeah, and you know, as we know, Titanic's a good luck. <laughs> yeah, long that's movie. a trek. It's definitely <laughs> Oppenheimer at three hours. I think Titanic has to be at the same length. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be about the same thing. Uh, so that's how it goes. You were in Hawaii for four years. Which island were you on? I was on Oahu, and I did a lot of the hurricane relief on Iniki, or on, uh, on Iniki, on Kauai from Hurricane Iniki. Now, one of the things that I don't understand, because it seems so obvious, I know nothing about Hawaii, the roads or anything, this horrible situation that they have going on right now. I couldn't believe a wildfire in Hawaii. It just seems like everything would be damp and moist. Right. Even if something's fanning it, like these incredible winds, what's your experience with? Is it as wet as I think it is? That's the way I remember it. I don't Just remember everything it. Everything damp. Yeah, there, I don't remember seeing uh, any, you know, brown trees or dried grass yeah, in Hawaii. Combustible. Yeah. How many people have to like here, like fifty yards off your house? You have to have that uh, defensible place, defensive right. space that they call it. And I just the horror of this. The other thing is the access, I would think, just run to the water. Yeah. So when you look at roads and all that from your experience, is it mostly like narrow roads? Is it what a description of the roads of that area? Well, so for uh, on, you know, uh, Oahu is like the main island. So we had a couple of arteries. But even that, I mean, there was I think when I was out there, I think there was two main highways for the whole entire island and as you can imagine getting everybody if everybody is trying to get out of some place at the same time you don't have the as many areas to 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 relieve like you do you know you don't have the there's not as many exits and all of that so you it, it's just like people are just kind of stuck and the way i understand this the maui wildfire hit it, it happened so fast that there really wasn't a 
like there was no warning. A lot of people weren't even able to get out of their cars and stuff. I mean, and people were wondering why wasn't there the tsunami warning? Why wasn't there mm-hmm. those horns sounding for this? So it's just a awful, awful situation. A lot and of we'll, failures too. It you know it's until that emergency happens, how do you react to it? Yeah. And I have never heard. We talked about the volcanoes. We talked about a tsunami. We talked about uh, winds due to the hurricanes a fire in yeah. Hawaii it is just it's so odd uh, to try to wrap your arms around you were the, did you island hop did you do a little traveling there no I pretty much stayed because like I, I we so many military people would complain oh I'm stuck on this rock but I found Oahu to have so much to do that I, I loved it and I didn't run out of things to do um, I went to Kauai like I said because we had a, hurric- or a hurricane that came through and destroyed the island so I went and helped build some homes and and stuff like that on my weekends but you know because they pay for my flight and I'd be mm-hmm. able to it was, it was like a really cool thing plus you're giving back as well but I didn't spend I didn't spend any time in Maui but I do understand that that was a just a very, uh, a very devastating the way it happened, and the, and that city is actually the original like kingdom of Hawaii capital. So that was to the Hawaiian people. It's a very important and sacred area too. So. Yes. Well, hope for the best out of all of this, and uh, just need to think about them and send aid. Yeah. <laughs> Your prayers and thoughts, great, but you know, some way we have to send aid to them. Switching mm-hmm. gears dramatically here. Afterwards, we talk about. Uh, the big wrestling match, and it's Musk versus Zuck. And Zuckerberg says, I'm not holding my breath. He thinks that Musk is the one that's kind of stalling. He said, I would want to fight now. He Ooh. wants to go at it. He's the fighter. Yeah, he's the guy that's done it. Now, <laughs> Musk is a big kid, but he's also 12 years older. Yeah, and he's kind of doughy. I mean, you, there's pictures that pop mm-hmm. up of him in his bathing suit every once in a while, and he's, he's a little doughy. I, I, he, I would keep the shirt on when I jumped in the pool if I was yeah, Elon. Dad bod for sure. The other thing that's funny, and I knew enough people who were involved in fighting, the number one thing a boxer likes to hear is the other guy saying, well, I lift weights. They go, okay, you're just waiting in there, buddy. <laughs> you will lose. The muscle boy will get his butt beat. And we see it in MMA. A lot of the flexors have huge problems when they fight a boxer. And when I see Musk saying things, I've been wor- lifting weights uh, day in and day out. I'm thinking, dude, no. Yeah. <laughs> Just start fighting. Train through your fighting. It makes you, because Musk, well, Musk is a Rogan guy. I, shouldn't Rogan lean in and go, hey, yeah. dude, guess what? <laughs> I'm going to help you out here. And uh, Rogan did talk about it a little bit, saying that the fighter will win. The yeah. fighter will win. So he says the dude better train. Well, it's the way it works. I mean, the whole, you know, we saw the, the Jake Paul and um, Nate Diaz and everybody was so excited and all that. And I, and I just, from all of my boxing people that are out in the Florida area, they all say that, that he's a real boxer. So mm-hmm. Nate Diaz isn't a real boxer. He's like an emotional fighter that, you know, didn't even have that great of an MMA record when you really look at it. And Jake Paul apparently has a really good uh, show that is on. I got to track it here. I think it's on Netflix. Oh, and it's uh, it's called Jake Paul, the Problem Child. Yes, and apparently he has people like Tyson totally backing. Tyson loves him. Mm-hmm. And I saw part of the interview. I got to give him. Jake Paul seems like kind of a fun, smart guy. Yeah, made thirty million on his last fight. And he puts in the work. Like he's like he's not this guy that's like, oh, I've got this all, you know, I've got you know however many million YouTube followers, so I can set this up and get a quick payday. Mm-hmm. He's actually putting in the work, and I think that's you know a lot of fighters are starting to 
they didn't want to like him at first, but I think they're going, oh, we've got to kind of respect him. He's putting in the work. But are we finally maybe approaching the way of the Romans? It's like, hey, I got an idea. Let's put a giraffe in against mm-hmm. an elephant. See yeah. what happens. We're getting into these weird stunt fights. Yeah. Uh, the celebrity boxing that you were close to because you knew Bonaducci so yeah. well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And the, Screech, right? Yeah, and that was, uh, that at the time, that was such a weird oddity. And at that time, it was a very, it felt like a small percentage of the country that was super fascinated by it. But now, if you go through a, a social media site while Jake Paul's fighting, I don't know, Biden, maybe Hunter mm-hmm. Biden, maybe he's going to be looking for a That'd paycheck soon. You know, but, <laughs> but seriously, like, you, everybody's posting about it. Everybody's posting their picture of, oh, I, Paid for this. I don't know even how much a Jake Paul pay-per-view is now. What is it, like 130 bucks? He was talking. Jake Paul was talking about that, and he said, "My goal is to get sixty dollars from everybody who watches my fights." And he says, "As long as I entertain, I'm going to make money." But he's, he's business. He just has it figured out. He said, "If they get entertainment out of what I do, and that's the kind of cash I'm going to be making." Let's go. And he's also very pro fighter. Like he, there's certain things he, like with the the UFC, Dana White's kind of tried to get him involved, and he's like, "Yeah, I'll, I'll do some stuff, but you have to pay the fighters better." And so the MMA fighters have really started to come around and and kind of appreciate him because he's trying to you know make a difference for them, not just for himself. You got a big show coming up. I do. Uh, October first, we have our big sports show, and there are going to be a, a few MMA fighters, probably maybe over a dozen or so. Wow! Yeah, we've got a couple of fight promotions, and there's a couple of uh, you know they, the the promoters see value in sending their fighters over to come out and do meet and greets. So we're going to have some of that. We're going to have a couple of um, of my friends that are like other, elsewhere. A couple of uh, probably at least one NBA player and a baseball player is the plan. We don't have anybody uh, specifically locked in. We have people that we're talking to, and we can do it if we want, but we're just trying to figure out the best way to approach it. (laughs) That's a lot of people to chat with. Just another reason to get on out there because it's fun to be able to talk to the folks, get an autograph, get a photo, and do that. When's the next Giggles? Oh, the next Giggles is coming up next Friday. The uh, lovely and talented Claude Stewart, who's a buddy of mine going way back. I actually worked with him. I met him at the Fat Cat music house in modesto california we did a weekend over there and uh it was me him and i don't know if you've ever heard of mo mandel mo mandel's a little uh, up there now but uh it was me him and mo mandel and we did the whole weekend together and we actually hung out during the day and went i went to um oh what's the what's the food where you where you 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 bring it in and they uh mongolian grill oh yeah okay. mongolians I, are great it's my favorite a plus but I hadn't been there before. So when we went in and I saw all that raw stuff, I looked at him and I go, dude, I can't eat any of this. He's like, oh, no, they're going to cook yeah, it. They're going to heat it up <laughs> on that little flat yeah. thing. <laughs> and the whole, we did Mongolian forever in my early, like, 20 to 25, and the cramming of the bowl. And they didn't mind. Yeah. They actually kind of got a kick. And we'd see whose bowl, when it hit the thing, would look like a tumbleweed. And some, and you'd just be mashing and smashing to see how much you could get in your one. And the cooks just thought it was great. And we all dropped a buck, you know, as they uh, chopped it up and flipped it around. Oh, yeah. My favorite was the, the I did the, um, I bought a sandwich because you could buy a, a um, it was like a New York, Philly, or a Philly cheesesteak sandwich. That's what it was. And I ordered the Philly cheesesteak sandwich and I basically ordered the contents of a Philly cheese steak sandwich in my bowl. And so they were kind of laughing at me as they cooked it all together and then go, okay, here's some for your bread. So awesome. I wasted money. I haven't been to Mongolian barbecue in a long time. 
Let's find one. Let's, Let's go. Let's do it. Let's make it happen. Starving. So we have a lot going on here. The fair was great, and onward and upward. We go on to the next big – one of the next big events in town is going to be the Cornhole Tournament. Yeah. And when you get out to that, Spencer McKenzie's, nice work on putting that together. Who would – that in pickleball. Yeah. Who would have thought? Pickleball is really getting mm. big. You, you know, this morning I was looking – there was a commercial for – I don't even remember what it was – some drug – but it was Joe Montana playing pickleball, talking about his aching arthritic pains. And <laughs> what happened was it started off as the old guy sport. And then if you look at it played, it's a lot like table tennis. You think it's a silly little game or badminton. Then you see people who are good. And it's just it's caught fire. So I'm just waiting for that to come through. And I think guys like Shaq and Brady, a lot of people invested in this big league that's going to be coming around. I have not played a I've not hit one pickleball at this point, but I'd love to. As popular as it's getting, I started thinking I should probably get a little familiarity with it. I actually watched it on ESPN this weekend for about an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Clack, clack, clack. It's fast. Yeah, it's it's a, it's, it's a different game. I, yeah. I, I look forward to being around it and kind of because it's, I don't know. <laughs> I just like the fact that I don't got to run far. Yeah. We are done. All right. Thanks for listening to 1590 Afterwards. Be sure to like, subscribe, and tell all your friends.